Hi, this is Mamma T. You're listening to the Kansas City Social Hour. It's the Kansas City Social Hour. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. And we are live. That's live for me, anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And this is a special episode. Uh, let's get into it. Sorry, it's been a minute, fellas. Or ladies. Whoever's out there listening. But this is the Crane Brewing Company. Chris Myers, Michael Crane episode. So we get to hear from them. And uh, I apologize for not having a podcast out sooner. I know everybody's busy. It's not because I was busy. (laughs) I got sick, man. Uh, I had uh, intentions of doing a solo podcast with myself at the Jester King party with Josh Thomas over the fights. This is how long ago it's been since, you know, we've touched base on the podcast, but Josh Thomas used to do the KC Beer Club. He invited me to a UFC fight, the McGregor, Notorious McGregor fight with Diaz, and we're going to have a Jester King tasting. And so I was going to record some over there. I don't think they knew that, but I was going to be like a big old nerd and bust out with my portable equipment and do a podcast right at the fight, which would have been tremendous because the fight ended up being awesome. And if you're not a UFC fan, it goes good with beer. (laughs) And this fight was one of those fights that would have went good with beer. And in particular, Jester King beers. And they had a tremendous lineup. One of the great beers that we intended to have that I would have brought with me was RU55 from Jester King. It just so happens that my uh, co-host, Corey Hockler, was at Austin, Texas and was able to procure a bottle or multiple bottles of RU55. And I was going to bring that over. And I'm actually drinking that shit right now. It's a Flanders Red, barrel-aged. Fantastic. Uh, you have to be a Jester King fan. Uh, s- subtle beers. A lot of times, the subtlety and the devil's in the details. And this is one of my favorites that I've had from them, you know. And I don't like love everything that comes out of Jester King. But, man, that RU55, mm-hmm, delicious. And speaking of sour ales, I'm going to get into a conversation that we had with Chris Myers and Michael Crane, the part of the five-man team that's running Crane Brewing Company in Raytown, Missouri, in Kansas City area. And it's a fantastic establishment, brewing company. The products that they're making are tremendous. You know, they're... They haven't, they've been brewing just as long as the folks at Jester King, if you count the years that, that Michael Crane and has been in the brewing community, but, you know, as an establishment, isn't as established, but they're well on their way of being that premier wild ale style brewing company that's much sought after. They're already sought after, but they're just starting and they're just getting going. And it's tremendous to see that happening right before our eyes and to take part in in seeing that firsthand. We're invited down there by Chris and got to sit down and talk with Crane. And the intention was to shoot photos of a new series that we have called the Witness the Craft series. Now that's going to be, you know, Corey and I, We goof around a lot on this podcast. That's what it's for. It's guys drinking beer, talking sports, 
you know, busting each other's balls. But there's also a serious side to some of the, you know, craft things that we want to highlight. And so I wanted to give those things the proper forum. And so within the KC Social Hour, we have this Master the Craft series that we're working on. And we're going to be doing high-end photography and high-end writing and video to accompany these master craftsmen that we view as master craftsmen. And Crane falls right along the lines of that. And so I wanted to do them the justice that they deserve. And so the intention was to go down there, shoot some photos, get some video. We're going to get Chris Stinger certified Cicerone to be a part of the video in what capacity we don't know because we're just we're brainstorming at this point we just want to get the story out what is who is crane what ended up happening is i'm shooting all the photos i'm getting my stock footage for these videos that we're going to do and you know michael crane is there and chris is there and they're such open friendly people that they just start having an open discussion right there on the floor. We're not mic'd up or anything. And I just pull out my little Zoom recorder and I capture this conversation that they're having and I'm gonna share it with you guys. And so that's why I'm and I saying all this because I want you to know how impromptu, how organic this took place, how, how, how it all occurred. Okay, so when you get into it, it's, you know, maybe the quality isn't the best. And so I'm, I'm giving you fair warning right now. You know, it's an impromptu conversation that I just put my recorder out there and captured. But I think it's well worth listening to what Crane has to say and what Chris has to say. And they have some intimate knowledge about starting a brewery and the brewing process. And so if you're a brewer or a small business owner and you're looking to start some of this, uh, go into some of these endeavors. I think that it's well with the 20 minutes that I have recording these guys. Now, listen, I went ahead and asked them, uh, what books they would recommend in regards to brewing. And so I'm going to go ahead and share those with you right now. I'm reading this right off of my messenger and, um, you know, Chris Myers, very open person. I asked him straight up, uh, what books would they recommend um, for uh, either wild brews or just brewing in general? So here's the books. And I haven't researched them yet. I'm, this is all on the fly. I'm eventually going to do it and I'll get a hold of them and I'll share my thoughts on it. But if you want to learn some brewing basics, brewing element series from... Uh, uh, the Brewing Elements series, water, malt, hops, yeast from, uh, is what he would recommend, the, the basics of Brewing Elements series. So I guess the Brewing Elements series, water, malt, hops, yeast. That's what it's called. Excuse me. The other book is American Sour Beers and then Wild Brews. So there you go. Brewing Elements series, water, malt, hops, yeast. American Sour Beers and Wild Brews. Those are the books. I believe those are all separate. And Michael Crane added Farmhouse Ales is also a great book. And Crane then goes on to mention the blog of Mike Tonsmeyer. 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 T-O-N-S-M-E-Y-E-R. Does a blog called The Mad Ferment. The Mad Fermentationist. And I apologize because I'm reading this on the fly. Hopefully that's helpful. Before we get into the crane stuff, I want to mention that uh, Corey and I are balls deep in the NCAA tournament right now. (laughs) Or at least I am. Corey's team fell off way earlier. He's a Texas fan. I'm a KU fan, so at the time right now, we're going into the Elite Eight. And so... Corey and I, a couple of, uh, shoot, uh, right before the tournament, sat down and recorded a podcast, and I'm going to play that portion of it for you, the sports portion. Uh, 
where we get into a little bit of beer talk and um, our predictions for the NCAA tournament. Corey, again, was, if you listen to his previous predictions on the Super Bowl, along the same lines, was just way off. And, of course, I, like the oracle that I am, uh, predicted that KU would be at least into the Elite Eight, which they are now. My hopes that they'll go further. And now that I mentioned, I probably jinxed the damn team. No. Well, whatever. Shit the I have no shit I have I have shit to do with the outcome of this thing. Whatever. So our predictions are on there. And uh, I just thought it'd be a fun thing to share with you guys. And then right after that, I'm gonna play the crane audio. Again, I'm gonna have to do some editing on that. Hopefully it comes out clear for you guys. I'm gonna do some background noise removal and i'm also going to cut in and um plug in the questions that i asked him because uh, i had the mic in his face and i was kind of far away from it i say mic that was attached to the zoom so we weren't mic'd up so i apologize ahead of time in case the audio is fucked up uh some of the things that i'm into right now i'm into some woodworking shit and i recommend this book that's a beautiful book it's called woodwork a step-by-step photographic guide to successful woodworking I'm by no means a carpenter. I uh, grew up fatherless, basically, just my mother. And for some odd reason, this Mexican woman wasn't into woodwork. I don't know. It's it's, it's bizarre. I know. But uh, and I never went into the trade of carpentry, but uh, I find it fascinating. And I've done some projects and I've been blessed enough to have friends that have help me with stuff around the house and I find a, a interest in it. And once I get interested in something, I go all in, man. Just like this podcasting. I uh used to be, you know, a long time ago when I was 19, I was a crazy lost dude and uh ended up getting shot myself. I you know, I was just a a, a lost soul, a, a crazy, you know, you, you wouldn't believe it and uh went to and we'll eventually get into this with other podcasts, but I went you eventually went to school and uh, going to college at 22 years old was actually the first time that I ever was on a computer. You fast forward, uh, I graduated, you know, five years later, which, you know, wasn't too bad. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't too bad. And I didn't get bad grades or anything, but I, I accomplished that feat and it just shows the level of uh, commitment that I have when I get my mind to something. So you just go from one world where I'm getting shot at, literally dodging bullets in jail, to this world of college, you know. And I had to conquer that and figure out the computer. I came to Kansas City. I won this contest where I got this computer that I'm actually recording this shit on now. The microphone that I'm won ten thousand dollars in prizes for this video contest. All off of shit that I taught myself and picked up from the school and uh, just on a whim started this podcast and now I'm just crazy into it. So I is just giving you that background to let you know how crazy I'm going to be about this woodworking shit. So I've been getting these books again, Woodwork, a step-by-step photographic guide to successful woodworking. I've done a couple of the projects on here. Uh, who's this spy? Who's, who does this book? Yeah, you could find it based off that title. I found it on Amazon. Beautiful book. Uh, shows all the tools. And uh, if you're into, you know, building some shit. And I, I posted this uh, uh, palette bar on the on the on our WordPress, the KC Social. By the way, I thank you for listening. Thank you for participating in the podcast. And... Uh, let people know that we're out there. We're doing these beer reviews. We're talking to excellent craftsmen. We're throwing out knowledge. We're giving you guys the tools. I'm going to link up all the stuff from what I'm talking about right now. And uh, check out that woodworking book. And without any further ado, let's get into our NCAA predictions and then some Michael Crane shit. I'll see you guys on the flip side. I'm out. Actually, I'm not out. I'm out right now. But my past self is about to join you. And we are live. That's live for us anyways. 
What's up, man? What's up, Ruben? Is it kind of weird? Is it? Hey, sorry is, we haven't talked to you guys in a little bit, man. Right. Just so you all know, this is a surprise podcast, i.e. Ruben shows up at the house. We're just supposed to um, do a little barbecue and drink some beers and I was going to grill out. Motherfucker's like, well, are you ready you to record? Work. I'm like, uh, I guess so. So, <laughs> so if, if, if you notice me a bit off my game, uh, that's the reason why. Did he just take your vent off? No, I took the vent off because he's been licking. Corey has a crazy ass dog. Yes, he just got him too, and and he's like, uh, how old is he? They told me two. He's 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 right now. He's literally Sammy, digging no. into Corey's yeah, kitchen this is floor. What people want to hear. Well, I mean, he's he's a pretty awesome dog. I wish he would. I I had a mole problem recently. Fucked up your moles. And I I know he would have. And would've. I wish I would have. Right now we're drinking uh mango magnifico from Founders. And you know what? It's a lot sweeter this year than it was the it's first version. It's much sweeter that I had. in the bottle than it is on tap. I had it on tap and it wasn't as sweet. I got that where you got that sweetness because uh, Ruben was sick a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and it was terrible. That's why we, part of the reason why we haven't been doing a podcast is I was way out of it. And he was so sick. He's like, I'll drink a Magno Magnifico to make me feel better. And then it tasted like shit and he oh couldn't understand God. why. When you get sick, man, your whole taste buds are off apparently. I'm 39 years old. I'm figuring this shit out. So your if, taste buds don't work when you're sick, guys. So, um, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> if, if you're sick, uh, don't drink beer because it's not going to taste good. So it tasted like literally, and it might taste like that to some people, you know, that are just having it even with their normal taste buds, like mango syrup with a little bit of heat to it. It's a lot better now that my taste buds are back to normal. Still slightly different from the 2013 version. It's much sweeter. Yeah, I, I think I they think added it more. The bottle. I, I'm telling you, I had it on tap, and it was yeah. much cleaner on tap. And and I think there's just some beers that are just going to taste better on tap. It's just yeah, this it's is how super it is. sweet. This version. Um, I I you could I wonder if you sit on it for a little bit if some of that um would go away a little. It might I don't happen. know. But is, that really, is this tell. really a sit-on beer? No, it's not, but I'm talking about maybe a couple months from now. Well, so maybe. Mango Magnifico, I think, was better the first run, and Corey says that it's better on tap. It's still good. I mean, it, I think that uh, some people that like uh, bigger, fruitier uh, fruit beers, I mean, it's a big beer. I think it's like ten. around 10, yeah, 10%, 10.5% ten 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 uh, ABV, so. But uh, they had it at beer station not that long, like maybe a week ago, and I had it, and it was it was fine. It's a good. It even smells really powerful, like really sweet. sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a trip, man. And I can understand why at the time when I was sick that I was like, ooh, it, it was it just overpowered me, and uh, I actually drain poured it. Fuck, I never do that. But I was sick, man. It did not taste good at all, and it's a lot better now. I'm not gonna drain pour it. Called now. me. I should have come over. I should have growlered it and just gave it away. Yes. That would have been an, the nice thing to do, and I just I, I don't. You're do not that. nice. <laughs> so uh, we we're supposed to go to Piney River because Michael Wells did his uh, his brew is going to be uh, his seventh trumpet coffee blend. Is it coffee? Yes. Coffee vanilla was supposed to come out, and we were going to take a van down there, but you know, with the short notice, you know, we kind of thought that maybe it could be this weekend, but we didn't know until a week out. And that's just too short to get everybody on a van and go down by the river, which would have been awesome. We'll, we're going to do some more cool shit coming up, man. We just, like I said, I took a break. I was feeling a little sick and we're back right now. So what the fuck are you complaining about? Yeah, <laughs> we are live. And be, uh, right now we're headed right into we're in the middle of March Madness, I guess, right now. Well, well it's not in the middle. Floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's all the. This is the prelim tomorrow, eleven thirty, and a or 11, horrible right? game 11. yesterday with uh, Wichita and. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Uh, Wichita was, State beat. Was it with the V? Was it? It wasn't. I want to say Villanova, but no, it wasn't. No, Villanova, Villanova was a two seed. Um, who the fuck? Wichita State. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. See, I was right with the right, it was that's, that's basically, yeah, that's basically Villanova, yeah. a number two seed, yeah. a, a unseeded team. Yeah, one's, one's <laughs> in, one's in uh, Tennessee. The one's not even in, a 16. Uh, in Pennsylvania. So, uh, horrible game. Uh, I guess good for Wichita State, right? People realize, like that. You realize in the second half it was a two-point game, and then Wichita State lost their minds and, and killed them, right? Started dropping threes. Yeah, they were up, and then uh, – 
Vanderbilt yeah. made a run, cut it to two. I think that first half is all I saw was real painful, and then I didn't. I yeah, stopped it was paying like attention. Like eleven point or eight. Yeah, or it was a point. real low scoring game. No, eleven point difference. Yeah, but it was low scoring, right? In the I first half, so. I think so. I don't. I think I don't they remember. both scored twenty points each. It was my anniversary yesterday. Oh, so. happy anniversary! Thank I you. Thank I saw you. that. I was, I was out with my wife. Did you guys go anywhere nice? Yeah, we went to El Centro, Osteria El Centro on Fifty First and Main. And they have some really good. I had lamb chops, and I fucking killed it. The lamb oh, chops yeah? were fantastic. Did you do the mint? It wasn't with jelly? the mint. It wasn't with the mint. It was just with their own version, of, and it was fucking delicious. It sounds delicious, man. five lamb chops, and I tore that shit up. Five of them? Oh, because they're, they're, they're little. They're little. They're not yeah. that big, but. Like, the waitress was looking at me funny because I was picking up the bone and getting all the meat. <laughs> Sucking on the bone. Dude. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. Guess you liked them, huh? I'm like, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> bone, the bone, and when you have bone in meat, the, the bone is delicious. It, yeah, well, it retains the, a lot of the seasoning and some of the fat. And, and, and if you pick it just right, you can get a couple little extra pieces of meat out of it. That's why when they do like a uh, a like a soup or with the like a a broth with the bone in meat in the marrow, oh, that is money shit, dude. That is good. I agree. Uh, Antoine's does a really killer. Uh, soup like that. I forgot what the hell it's called. Anton's anyway. has a bone-in soup? Yeah, it's fantastic too, man. Super thick, delicious. Because I like, I like soup. So. Man, uh, we're going into, so we're going into the tournament. Who's your pick to win the whole shebang bang? State. Is that a good question? I, what do you mean, is that a good question? Well, because I don't know, because everybody does brackets. It's a very and topical question, so yes, I don't think it's a bad question. All right, because that's all I give a shit about. I, I mean, I don't even fill out a fucking bracket. State. Because I'm nerve-wracked about my team. My team State. is the Jayhawks. State. State what? See, if you have to ask, that means you don't know. I d- yeah, I don't. What are you talking Oh, Michigan State? That's right. There's only so, one see, state. I did know. There's only one state. No, there, there's San Diego State. Yeah, but no one calls them state. So Michigan has just earned the right to just be called state. Michigan period. State has earned the right to be called state. They are pretty badass, man. Tom Izzo can play coach. Yeah, he's a beast, man. And this is his time, right? Uh, he does he really always well does really well, even when he has a team that people are predicting to not do. And this year, they're predicted to he's do good, well. So. And basically, if they win their first round game, they're probably going to go to Elite Eight, Final Four. Like yeah, I can't automatic. hate on that pick. That is that's a money pick, man. And then uh, who did Valentine? He was up there for Player of the Year, right? Yeah, I don't. They haven't announced it yet. It's either going to be him, him or, or Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed. Who do you think is the, the player of the year? Buddy Heald. Yeah, yeah. And that's because I've seen him more, but he's he really makes that team. But, you know, Valentine's really he's good he's, a, he's a freak, man. Uh, I, I didn't – I dislike Buddy Heald because he looks like a beaver. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not why I dislike <laughs> so, I posted that on Twitter and got blocked by some people. <laughs> dude, I posted a, typical... a picture of him next to the Minnesota uh, Gophers <laughs> That is wrong, dude. And I said, that's this guy should play K- for this team. That's a typical KU fan. <laughs> and the guy's they have like, Perry Ellis, who's like 22 years old, looks who, like looks, Homer. who looks like he's 42 <laughs> years old with a receding hairline, and goes out and makes fun of Buddy Heald because he well, the, doesn't the thing, have perfect teeth. I mean, Not everyone's rich like you can afford braces. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, no, I've never had braces. I know, but. I know, I, I should, but I don't look like a gopher either. But that's. Yeah, got shout lucky. out some cash, bro. For he sure, he's going to spend some money, right? But then I don't know because look at uh, Davis when when he had he never fixed the unibrow. Well, the, fixing the unibrow is cheap. That was just his gimmick. <laughs> That's no, his man, gimmick. He'll, Maybe Buddy Hill's gimmick's he'll looking get, like Bugs Bunny. Braces, man. Don't hate on people, man. Not everyone can afford braces. That's that's rude. He has no. No, he has nice that. teeth. They just seem to jut out of his face. Yeah, well, because not every not everyone has is lucky enough to have good. Good teeth, man. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, poor guy. He he just he's, he was just on the wrong end of the genetics. He probably will. No, <laughs> look at him. The guy, he's got everything else. What? How tall is he? What is he? And he's, he's yeah, like he's, he's gonna be earning cashing checks in the NBA. Yeah. So I think he did all right. You know, if someone said Corey, we're gonna fuck up your teeth and you're gonna play in the NBA. Awesome that he I'd stayed. Sign it up, what? dude. That, that's the money thing. You don't see guys stay as long as as he did. I heard it well that he was projected a. What the hell was he? Yeah, yeah. So he went from from like not even in maybe second he round to last in a second round to to be a lottery pick. So yeah, good move on his part. And then he came out and represented. The only reason why I was hating on him a little bit is because he has a major heart on to beat KU every time they play, and it's understandable. He should have ended up at KU. 
Can you recruit him? Yes. I'm sure he was heavily recruited by KU. Are you sure, you're sure of that? Or are you just making that no, up? No, no. You're not fact-checking, so. are you? You have no, no clue. No, I, I, I imagine up. that they suspected that he was going to be a monster talent, and for whatever reason, he I chose to go elsewhere. I don't know if anyone knew if he was going to be a monster talent or not. Bill Self did. <laughs> Bill Self's the oracle, bro. Uh, is, is it Bill Self or is it his hairpiece that's the oracle? <laughs> does he have? He doesn't have a hairpiece. How dare you? Yeah, he does. Speaking of hairpieces, uh, what do you think about? No, sorry. All right, so you got Michigan State. I got KU, and that's why I hated Buddy Hill because man, he just when he's playing KU, his intensity like goes up a notch. He, he's crazy. So everybody uh, on our next and podcast so after after um, Kansas is, is unceremoniously booted in the second round. Uh, we'll hear Reuben throw excuses about whatever. Yeah, whatever. What, I'll come up. I'll have a – if KU loses, I'll have a legitimate excuse okay, as to yeah. why. <laughs> He'll have time. He'll I'll have be time able to, to defend him. Listen, no, man, the referees were against them. The NCAA doesn't want a small state to win. I'll say this. It's a conspiracy. Well, we got put in a tough bracket. Hit that. You no? think it's tough? I don't know. The, the, the analysts keep saying it's your tough. Your number two is Villanova. We should, we should run it. We should run it. You're your right. Your number two is Villanova. Right. Listen, KU. Hold, on, hold my microphone. It would be very. My, I'm gonna pull up a bracket. Hold my microphone. Corey, I thought you didn't have a bracket, fucker. So listen. Oh, oh yeah. There's there's such a thing as technology and. There may be a bracket. <laughs> I think there might be bracket on the internet. Listen, what I believe is that this is KU's best chance in a long time, given the amount of talent and and. The um, seniors, the experience on the team, the two-point guard play, the competition that they had to go through in the Big 12, they were pressed. Uh, a lot of things that they're going to face in the tournament, they're they're going to be accustomed to. And in past teams with KU, we've seen lulls in play when you're ahead by a certain amount of time. The play usually matches the level of competition. Right, I the, haven't the, seen that with this team. The Villanova's a two seed, and Villanova are fucking choking dogs. So okay, so so this much. is good. This but is good. In, in fair, in fairness to, to though, I think Connecticut, if Connecticut were to win their game, I heard Cal game, too. Cal, Cal fucking that's the other team they mentioned, the, the but, experts. But I just think Connecticut is a type of team, just because Maryland of, people thought Maryland. Yeah, Maryland too, because they have two of the best players in the nation in uh, Diamondstone and. And um, Mellow Trimble. Wow, Listen, this we've got sports heavy, dude. We're well, you all know, the all the beer drinkers are turning their shit off. Well, we're not gonna, you know. And this is some of the podcasts aren't gonna be posted to all the beer sites. This is one of them. This is one. yeah, and for sure because I I think sometimes when it makes sense to me, like we got a guy but like Mike we Wells did, on, we do Crane. I know. But, I post it to all the beer yeah, sites. But, but we are we did talk about Mango Magnifico. Yeah, I don't know if that constitutes enough. Well, fuck for, it, dude. We could post it and then they could turn it off. Yeah, that's true, man. Uh, next uh, at the beginning of this podcast, I'll give them a heads up that it's sports heavy, and in particular the tournament. But but that we do talk about Mango Magnifico. Yeah, which is you know a fantastic beer that's out right now. It's a little on the sweet side though. I'm not gonna lie sweet, to you guys, yeah, man. It's a bit. It's sweet. a sweet beer. So hold. I'm gonna go pour a little bit more in Ruben's glass. The thing is that um, uh, so. In past years, I think KU has had a lull in in their play that I haven't seen this year, and and also I just want to acknowledge the fact that the, a point guard that came out of nowhere—if you'd asked me at the beginning of the year that there was going to be a standout point guard on the team, which there is two, but one I would have guaranteed was Frank Mason, but out of nowhere, Graham, Devonte Graham has become a beast. I mean, this guy is a phenomenal. I think he's the type of athlete that could have played soccer. He could have been a boxer. He would have been a beautiful boxer. Well, soccer. I mean, just just the, his quickness and his speed. Uh, it, I think it transcend. I think he's the most athletic uh, player that I've seen on the Jayhawks that I've ever since oh, 2008. Wow. I think good. he's the most athletic. Yeah, more than Wiggins. Well, at, yeah. Wiggins more athletically gifted, so he's taller. He had, but I think the quickness, the transcending, like Wiggins couldn't play soccer. Wiggins couldn't be a boxer. You know what I mean? But I believe Graham could. So athletically, I think overall he is the better athlete. But you know, Wiggins more athletically gifted. Does that make sense to you? No. 
Okay. <laughs> it does to me in my okay, mind. Okay, well, as long as it makes sense to some yeah, one of us. Well, you know, because I, I, I think athleticism is a, a – there's a lot of different – very so some people uh, uh, would consider, you know, there's there's a lot of smaller athletes like a Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao to me is a tremendous athlete. Though. Yeah, exactly, because he doesn't have the physical gifts that someone – but he's a tremendous athlete. Very athletic, very quick, very powerful. His his uh, I think he transcends uh, more sports, but he couldn't play basketball. He couldn't play football, but he could be a great soccer player. He could be a great boxer, Seriously, martial artist. Every time you say transcends, all I can think of is um the uh, Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. Wait, wait. Did, did you ever watch that yes, HBO I show? I love that show. What that was his was name? Um, Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, Kenny fucking Powers when he goes, I trans, I transcend race, hombre. That's all I can think of every time he says oh, that. Oh, God. Did, did I say it a bunch of times? Yeah. Every now you said and then, transcend I'll, I'll, like I'll, four times. Well, he transcends. Was that, was that like no, the word just, of the I, day in your like word of the day dictionary? Fuck, dude, there's some days that I'll pick out a word and I'll just beat the fuck out of it. So that was my word. I beat the fuck out of. I just beat the fuck out of. Beat the fuck out of the word. (laughs) You're so crass. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry. So, uh, all right, that's enough about that then. So you got uh, Michigan State, and I got uh, the Jayhawks. We'll see who who goes further. And then, uh, uh, just a quick reminder that Corey picked uh, the Panthers to win the Super Bowl. Yes, I did. And never made good on his bet to the I, guy. I, I still owe you. I still owe <laughs> on the bet. I still owe on the bet. We gotta I'm get not, a hold of our boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so uh, you you willing to go? You want to bet on this one too? Who goes farther? Between Michigan State and KU? Yeah, yeah I'll bet on that. Ah. Double or nothing. Don't oh, no, no, I don't like that. Like, let's no? do a totally new one. Okay, what do you want to bet? Let's do bottles, bottles for bottles. Okay. What, what can I, but I can't get nothing good that you get. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I could. I could get something good. Okay. So a bomber blow? for a bomber. Okay, you going to blow somebody? No, no, okay. yeah. I just, I'll make a few, I'll make a few calls, yeah, man, you know. I got some things, some things going on in the streets, man. Dude, that is the worst. Um, no, 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 man. Well, listen. If I watch the movie, it gets better. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen Scarface in a while. Who? That was Scarface, by the way. Yeah, I, I knew what you <laughs> that were wasn't, trying to do. That wasn't the uh, the taco guy at uh, Taqueria Mexico, to, or where where did we go? Uh, where the fuck we did we? Went to Apoyo Ray. Apoyo. Dude, hey, motherfucker, working the cashier spoke better English than you, dude. Not better English than me, but he was more bilingual than me. That's where, for sure. Where the fuck? Yeah, I'm more bilingual than you. Well, you're great at it. You're good at it. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at. It. I'm not good at. It. I am. It's not like whether I'm good. It's just. Well, you know, uh, there's different levels of it. Like you, I wonder. Like sometimes when I'm watching boxing, like translators can be shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they'll say, but I think you would be pretty good at it. Yes. So yeah, because I mean, I you studied to, to a translator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That there's was my that. Job, dude. And wasn't that part of your major too? That was uh, Spanish literature major. Yeah, that's, but, see, but I had a job. I was Spanish literature my job was a translator. You're translate a fucking nerd, bro. Dude, I used to, I got to travel all over Mexico, fucking translating, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, the Mexico is a tough place to be a but translator. That, but that was before the. No, no, I, no. I Mexico think it's awesome. Scary, dude. You know, you Mexico is scary. Vallarta, not dude. all scary. You, what is it scary? It is now, Let's though. be real. Uh, I don't think Masaclan is that scary. I don't think that Cancun is that scary. I think Acapulco, what is it scary? Acapulco is scary. For Probably. if you're a mafia boss, you, well, which you're not. No, I'm not. I, no, I'm not a mafia boss. I'm, I'm sure Acapulco is still pretty bad. No, nah, they're talking about how people, bodies are fucking their heads rolling up on the. On the but show. they're all like, uh, they're not Americans. No, no, they're killing other narcos. But if if I'm on vacation somewhere and I, there's a rolling head in the, you should, yeah. In the, in the, That's kind of a downer on the vacation yeah, you time. Know, how do you explain it to the kids? Oh, just ignore the of human head. All the fucking resorts we had to have the rolling heads, <laughs> and the that's so bad. Heads. Listen, watch uh, Narcoland. Narcoland. Narcoland is a documentary. The, and in, in the subject has been this one is fresh, and the guy embedded himself in the fucking world. It is crazy. They follow a guy who is doing. Um, he starts a group of uh, locals who start fighting the you know the the um, the narcos. The problem is that the army, the Mexican army, 
They're corrupt as fuck. Yeah. yeah. So there's a whole bigger picture going on. If you're a farmer and you're in a small community, I'm you're getting a farmer. Ab- you're getting abused by the narcos, and you think that you're gonna start an uprising against them. You got to understand that that's connected to the Mexican army as well, yes. and that there's bigger things in motion. Well, that's the point. That's the problem: is is the corruption and the people do not have any faith in 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 authority. It's terrible or the base of power. The book I told you to read, which, yeah, I, which, which I got for, I got, I got for him. I, I didn't just tell book. him I got him for. Uh, it's called Distant Neighbors. Read which, Distant Neighbors. I haven't yet, but apparently it's going to enlighten me. Yes. Listen, the guy that was started the uprising, he's like this great. Like you think he's this great dude. And just so everyone knows, Ruben has not gotten new mic cords yet. I know. I have one. It's at home. Okay. I forgot oh, it in the bag. This is my. So I do have one. I want you to apologize right now. I'm sorry. What we need to do is get fucking maybe different mics or get, like, smaller mic cords so we can walk around while we do this. God damn. One thing at a time. Isn't it enough that we can record in your kitchen? You're like my wife. It's like every time I do something good. You are so lucky she never listens. You'd be in trouble. Listen, this is my wife in a nutshell. Hey, I, I just did this. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we did that? Not even two seconds later. Listen, every guy knows this. Whether they consciously know it or subconsciously know it, that whatever bar you raise in the relationship, you just set the bar that much. You have to go that much further the next time. So whenever I first met my wife, I could play video games and smoke weed on the couch if that was what I did, which I didn't do. I smoke weed. But I could have. You could have. I could have sat there and that was the bar was set. Reuben smokes weed on the uh, – since then, Reuben does – well, I never did, but if I did, <laughs> Reuben does none of that now. Reuben plays no fucking video game. If you I tried even... to play video games now, be terrible for me. Yes. Be super terrible for me. But if you build something, you're going to have to build something better. If you make an improvement on the house, you have to make it that If you get a nice house – the bar has been set for you to get a nicer house. Get a nice co- I mean, it just it's just the nature of the man-woman relationship. They keep raising the bar, and um, that's why I'm so thankful that my wife just keeps making me a better person. <laughs> but uh, so, like, you, I get the, the equipment that makes us mobile. Now you want the new shit. Now you want wireless shit. Now I you want earbuds. Corey did not say wireless. Bluetooth earbuds. Anyways, did not. that's fucked up, bro. You're so rude, man. You're making shit up, bro. So uh, Corey's uh, browsing the internet. While he I'm browses not the internet, browsing the internet. What are you doing Look, then? You. I'm looking at emails. So watch Narcoland. It's on Netflix. You it's tremendous. Re- you Corey hasn't seen that. And I didn't want to be a part. Of, of, of <laughs> She's not going to listen to it anyway. I know. So this doctor it's guy. Funny she did, dude. Because she in a world of pain. I don't need, no, she doesn't, she's not, she's not going to listen. She doesn't take it that seriously. She knows that we have like three hardcore listeners and none of them matter to her. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're, we're trying to work on getting the, if we could get a thousand dope ass diehards, I think we have three right now. Three. Yeah. Yeah, We just need uh, 997 more and we're in the clear. Well, don't name them because maybe they don't want to be outed. They don't want to be <laughs> they're underground hardcore fans. Oh, speaking of, um, the date is going to be March 28th at the the Barley's Brew House. Barley's Brew House at Overland Park. Uh, Tallgrass is doing beer school at 6 o'clock. So um, they're going to have all their new stuff uh, for tasting. So everyone make it out there. Ruben and I will be, Ruben and I will be there. So look for us. We will. Um, I'm willing to sign autographs just this one time. Just this one time. Yeah. So if you have like bombers that you would like me to sign, uh, boobs, I'll, I'll do boobs. I'll yeah. sign boobs, man or woman. Or woman. <laughs> Preferably woman, but Preferably, I'll do guys. But, you know, I'll do guys. Yeah, just one time though. <laughs> and uh, so bring your sharpies. Yeah, that uh, is March 28th. So. I like a uh, fine tip sharpie. So don't bring the the colossal tips. Okay. And I'll sign your boobs. <laughs> I, I think for boob signing, you may want to go with slightly a, a thicker 
so that you can actually write on them. I think if you go speaking too thin, from experience. I, so no, I've never do, signed a boob. So. Never? No. Why? Oh, why man, would I? You haven't lived, bro. Have you signed a boob? Yes, I'm a rap. I was a rapper. Did you really sign boob? Yes. That's weird. I know. And thin was a thinner point was better than a. No, one. I just made that shit. Up. Oh, okay. It's like a thicker <laughs> point. You'd actually be able to. People would uh, be able to see. God, you you haven't lived until you sign a boob. Or I an guess ass. not. Well, all right. Those are, you got those something are, to strive for. Yeah, those. I think I had more. Heart, Hardcore fans now than I did then, and I haven't signed any boobs as the KC Social guy. Sucks, Yet, man. Yeah. Yet, uh, there's always hope. There's always there's always tomorrow. You never sign know. a set of man boobs. Who's ever, man? So, uh, so the, March 28th, y'all, go out there, man. It's it's gonna be an awesome event. Yeah, man. That's a, always a good event with Tallgrass, and they might bust out with Sweet Tooth. Is Saw- that out yet? Sawtooth. Is it Sawtooth or Sweet Tooth? I call it Sweet Tooth. Why are you calling it Sawtooth? I don't know. It was, might be Sawtooth. No, I think Sweet Tooth sounds right. Sweet, sweet tooth. tooth sounds good. Yeah, it's Sweet Tooth. No, but um, they got good stuff, man. It's it's, it's going to be those those um, beer Tall schools grass is are fucking pretty killing cool. it. Let's just be real, man. You, uh, with their new Explorer series, the way they changed up their game, their 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 uh, the cans, um, the pricing. I think everything's on point right now. I think that they're really a uh, marketable thing and and. Uh, Grant could be doing a better job. Everyone knows it. But, you know. <laughs> That's he, fucked up, It's bro. the effort that matters. And he's put in a lot of effort in the wrong direction. But uh, Dude, every now and then. Dude, we end up with two hardcore listeners. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no he's up, doing a, he's, he's awesome. Grant, Grant's doing a, a freaking tremendous job. And I, I think that uh, the product basically sells itself. So, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker is out there hustling, and you're fucking shitting on him. No, no, so no. Wrong. I, I love Grant, and uh, he was supposed to be here, didn't come, didn't show up. Um, Dude, because we're having working, fajitas. Because he's working. That's the thing. Dude, he's he's out there promoting, man. Sound fucking pimping product, man. You yeah, it's him? awesome. I love all their graphics, everything, man. I have an awesome shirt of a big Rick. And the jacket. It's all Jayhawk colors. So it's like? dope, yeah, it's awesome. You know those colors j- just—they're—they're they're the perfect match: yellow, red, and blue. I mean, think I of how great wait. that is. I cannot wait till Connecticut beats him. <laughs> just so everybody knows, my, my what I'm going to say to Ruben is: y'all lost to a girls' basketball school. That's embarrassing. Eee, man, how dare you diss women on this podcast? I'm not dissing women. Yeah, a girl, but that's so old school, man. That's no, a microaggression. No, it's not a microaggression. At I all. need to go to my safe space. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not. Safe, I, I'm not in college space? anymore, so I don't know what safe safe spaces or safe places are. Is it, that, that should is that that's like MySpace? It's, like, it's just like my dude. Space. That's a million dollar idea. I have these million dollar ideas. MySpace. Today, I thought of a of a of a electronic band that should be called the gay superheroes, the super gay superhero. What was it? <laughs> I believe it was the gay superheroes, the gay superheroes. That's a great name. Now my idea is to make safe space, safe space, not space, safe space.com. It's like the new hangout for microaggression for people that are trying to avoid microaggressions. You want to get away from all I'm the a, bullshit on I'm Twitter? I'm afraid to go on my iPad to pull up safespace.com. I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. Yeah, never mind. Maybe it's not a good idea. That's not a million-dollar idea. It anyways. It could, yeah. So, anyways. I don't, what the fuck well, was I talking about? <laughs> you went off the fucking rails. I, I was know, making. God you were talking it's... about Big Rick's colors being KU colors. That is your, fucking your weird. KU That's jacket. weird. Weird. And then the super gay superheroes. And the, and the fat dude on Big Rick is reminiscent of Mark Mangino. Somebody said that it was something like it was from a cartoon. Was it? Yeah, it, it's something. Okay. If it, if anyone knows what what it's based off of loosely, you can't. You mean don't get tall grass in trouble. Don't make them pay money, bitch. Just kidding. Know. No, but it's something. Well, it's every, It's a parody. Everything is something. It's a parody. No, but yeah, but it's based off a character from like a cartoon series on like uh, Adult Swim or something. Okay, I don't. And you you watch you smoke weed and watch Adult Swim, don't you? Actually, well, then you haven't lived, my man. You ain't signed no titties. You ain't. I don't know who the uh, smoked weed and watched Adult Swim. You have not lived, my friend. You have not lived, my friend. Hey, what's going on? This is Ruben. I'm back. Just wanted to give a quick intro for the Crane interview because it starts mid sentence. Michael Crane starts uh, 
was having the conversation. He had already been talking for a few minutes uh, beforehand, but I catch him midstream when he's discussing how he, uh, how their brewery has two headmaster brewers that aren't home brewers that have genuine experience in the field and that they're very lucky to have that. And that's the premise of that uh, conversation. If the questions get a little bit where you can't hear them, I might chime in again just to introduce the question. It'll be similar to what I did just now. So enjoy. This is Michael Crane discussing how lucky they are to have the brewers that they have. Not one, count them, two professional brewers. I mean, who starts out of, I mean, there's, most small breweries start out with a home brewer and, 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 and yeah, but we've got uh, Steve who went to the American Brewers Guild and Randy went to the Siebel Institute. And so we really were able to hit the ground running and making excellent beer from day one. And and then with the with the uh, all of the social media that Chris has stayed on top of, uh, it's really been quite uh, pretty exciting. But I really don't see how other breweries do this without having the number of people involved like we do, because it's it's full time for five of us. Exactly. And and it's I'm out talking to people all the time. Chris is also out talking to people, coming up with creative ideas to bring new uh, interest to the brewery. And then Randy and Steve were brewing, and uh, Aaron is busy managing all the materials that come into the brewery, the processes that are needed to get turn the grain into beer and get it in bottles and get it out the door. And Jason is busy doing all the government approval stuff. Which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess as you keep expanding, if and when you expand, then right. that's just going to... It'll be... It's it, it's a, it's almost a, full, yeah. it's a full-time job at Big Brewers. That doesn't sure. We've got another list of about 20 guys that come in part-time for packaging and stuff oh, like wow. that. You'll see, I mean, you go around, you can see our, our bottle filler mm-hmm. there. It's just a six-head wine filler, gravity filler. Okay. So it's pretty efficient. I mean, by the time you're putting... The six bottle on you're taking the first two off but when we package we set up basically an assembly line and it's a lot more reasonable to do that than to buy an automated bottling line and put out quite a bit of beer this way and it goes everything from taking the bottles off the pallet uh, label them date coating them sanitizing them filling them you know especially if we're going to add brett in there we've got another person who's using a blickman beer gun to squirt a little bit of brett into each bottle before capping um, we can go through we can fill uh 300 cases in a shift oh wow that's yeah of 750s, 12 750s. And it's like, and I guess you want 750s just because it makes it manageable to do without automation. It's, it's something, it's more, a little bit more traditional to the style we do, mm-hmm. but also the idea behind it is that we want you to take them home and share them with your friends and family. So they're, they're a little bit, luckily we've got local support behind us. So for some reason, 750s are still kind of intimidating to try a new beer for some people, but... Um, it's a challenge. Yeah, but starting with a size, we knew that's where we wanted to end up, so... Our next plan eventually is, is to get 12-ounce cans, and we'll probably move a lot of our standard beers to those, but we want to save the 750s for the barrel aged, the bread, the more limited stuff, and so that way we already had yeah. that. And the styles of beer that we do are higher carbonated mm-hmm. in themselves to bottle conditioning. Uh, the bottles that we use, they say, are tested to seven volumes of CO2. Okay. Um, we keep it about half that or less. But, uh, which, for example, on, on a beer like this, Brett, uh, uh, it, it gets way up there. And so it's going to be uh, a lot of pressure, but these bottles will handle it. And it's, the 22-ounce bottles are pretty thin-walled, mm-hmm. so are the 12s. But these are super heavy-duty bottles, being the, the 750s at the Belgian-style mm-hmm. bottle. So it'll handle the pressure, and it should be... The quarter barrel, slim quarter barrel kegs too. Um, that was kind of pitched to us. Just more craft breweries are doing founders uses them. Several of the other brands in Central States carry, um, and it, we only had to carry one keg size to start. We're just carrying six barrels and half barrels. Yeah. And the way they're set up, the old quarter barrel kegs were like the short ponies. They were like half barrel, but they're short, and so they took up a lot more space. Even but now they, you can. Yeah, you can squeeze more into a cooler and still have the, be able to access them all. Yeah, that's the same height as a half barrel keg. 
and quarter barrel and an eighth and sixth barrel keg, but just a little bit bigger around. So you used to be into uh, you had like a woodworking shop. Yeah, we um, in this same building we had uh, company was Fun Block Tables started uh, 1993 making play tables for kids. Started making stuff for the Jewish Community Center back when our kids were little. Um, and over the years, got into custom closets, making the components for three different closet companies, and classroom storage furniture and uh, store fixtures. But the last five years, business was really spotty, and I was losing money. And uh, so I... I was able to sell everything with the company, uh, customer lists, all the equipment, and just to to clear the building out and to start demolition uh, 1st of February of 2015. You should have seen Chris with the sledgehammer. (laughs) Uh, uh, Michael's kind of reinvented himself a couple times. He did uh, not pottery. Ceramics. ceramics and photography and then that yeah so, like we found you got all the arts yeah and now and theater yeah but, and now where's the and now, you probably didn't ask this many times I'm sorry and and I, I just where's the origami mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> um now the way it was explained now Chris also has done some research but the way it was explained originally was that the complexity of folding paper into origami is reflected in the complex styles of beer that we make. But Chris did some research, too, and what you found... They were telling us that uh, that, that, that origami was kind of like an icebreaker, so people would meet each other, and, and right. they would teach each other different ways of folding paper, just kind of to get to know each other. And beer, obviously, and brewing, you know, it's something you bring people together to an icebreaker. What is more... Fun than to sit around a table, sharing some unique craft beers, talking about the beer, talking about the day, just enjoying each other's company, and that's the focus—the focus of the styles of beer we do, the focus of the of the larger bottle, of course, and also really the sort of the family uh, atmosphere as far as the brewery goes. And uh, and the people who enjoy our beer, we want them to enjoy each other and uh, enjoy talking about the beer and enjoy the unique uh, craft. We were talking about the team. One thing we found is interesting, talking to a lot of different brewers, brewery owners, not many people get out of high school planning the rest of their life, say, hey, I want to work at a brewery, I want to be a brewer, because you're 18 at the time. Um, so there's a lot of people in the industry who had a previous former life, like Michael explained that. He said my background was veterinary medicine. Aaron's chemical engineer. Randy was a geologist. Uh, Steve went to school for philosophy, and, but he knew pretty pretty quickly on that he wanted to do that. So when his wife was in school up in uh, Milwaukee, he started working at Milwaukee Brewing Company there. <laughs> and then and then while he's waiting on the list to go to brewer school, and then again we have a CPA kind of rounded out the the, the number side of the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we, we don't always, I don't know, for the most part we get along, because that's a big thing that confuses a lot of people. They're like, how can you have five owners of a company? And we are a little bit bigger brewery than some are starting out, but it really has let us come to decisions and, and solve problems, you know, from different angles. Um, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, I saw that you had that uh, biology and then the minor in chemistry. How, what is, um, what did that background do to help you with what you're doing? I'm doing now, not a whole lot. I, thought, I, I mean, I thought my because of, in yeah. veterinary medicine, my the, the labs practice is totally different. I mean, I had my the, the stuff I learned in, in college, but then in veterinary medicine, the yeast that I'm dealing with are, are things that are um, infectious related, and not so the, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at trying to eradicate them, not make them happy and, and grow. And so initially, when we first started, it was like, okay, well, no one really has that background. So you can work in the lab, but. Because Steve and Randy both went to Brewer's Guild, and they did go into that in school, that they've got the skills they need. Yeah. Uh, so do you guys have specific yeast strains that you guys have cultivated with, within, like, this company, or or do you guys still collect them? And we, well, how does that work? We like to start 
collecting well, more and banking um, more. There's in some of the barrels that we have right now. Um, there's one of the strains in there. Some that were harvested from some pears that were in a pear tree here in Raytown. Um, as uh, when we were doing the stuff in my basement, when we were doing the uh, lactobacillus cultures in testing, we found that it was worked best most of the time to grow the lacto from just using two-row malt. 80% of the time, it was phenomenal. 20% of the time, just turned to crap. So we can't afford to do that with a $1,000 batch of grain. So I found a, a lab in Chicago that has a, a blend, and one of the strains of lacto in the blend was actually grown up from two-row malt. So I figured by going through this lab, we would have a lot tighter control over what we got. And, and as it's turned out, it's worked phenomenally well. And one of these strains is Lactobacillus brevis, which is heterofermative, and that's actually helps ferment the yeast. So homofermative would just make lactic acid. Heterofermative will actually ferment the sugars and create CO2 and alcohol. And from the beginning, we have found that with, uh, with very little addition of any other yeast, we're fermenting the beer all the way. So we traditionally what most breweries are doing is they will sour the, uh, the wort and then boil it and uh, then ferment with a, a standard yeast. We just let it get ferment all of the way with our, with our yeast and bacteria, the, the lactobacillus, and it, so the culture's alive. So it would, uh, we don't boil it or pasteurize it or filter it. So in each of the bottles of the orange goza, soon the grapefruit goza, and the different Berliner vices that we do and will continue to do, as for now, all the cultures are alive and will continue to get complex. And it reaches a certain pH where it won't continue to, to get so unbelievably tart that it's undrinkable. It just gets more complex and delicious and refreshing. It has developed in the bottle. That was one thing we weren't sure of because there's not Brett in there. How will the bacteria by itself develop, you know, continue to go? Because we were asking, you know, are these beers something that we should sell her? And we know obviously the fruit's going to fall off flavor a little bit. But we've opened, our, just from our first batch of apricot vice we distributed, mm -hmm. we've opened one of those bottles. It wasn't that long ago that we brewed it and bought, packaged it, and it's already changed for the better. Awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, uh, I, I don't know that you, you can say that it's a probiotic, but I just was, it's exactly what's in yogurt. It's, always it's always exactly the, too. some of the same strains. Out. There's home brewers that will actually make... Uh, We'll make a Berliner Weiss using yogurt as a starter for the souring bacteria. Huh. Is it a big departure from like kombucha, that whole thing? Kombucha is more acetic, uh -huh. more acetobacter, which makes it more like vinegar. But there is a beer. There's a beer that we're still undecided on, on the best way to go about it because of the inconsistency we had in doing it in my basement. But it's a beer that actually was called Hippie Moses. It's made with leftover Passover matzah. 20% of the grain bill is Passover matzah. Fermented with the built-up dregs from kombucha. Well, the first time that, that I did it, um, it, wow. it was like, it was amazing in three months. The second time that I did it, I actually um, had sent the, uh, sent the dregs from a bottle to a lab, and they actually just um, banked it and sent back just a few, a little thimbleful, which I built back up again, brewed it. But the second time I did it, we, I used a, a larger fermenter that was plastic, and I checked the uh, taste of it a little too often, which caused oxygen to get to it. And if you allow too much oxygen to get to it, it can really uh, heavily influence it toward the acetic acid. Mm -hmm. So it got, but people really did like it. Then the third time that I did it, 
I decided to start all over with some fresh kombucha and found that uh, um, we fermented it in uh, glass the third time so it would get zero oxygen. And in the process of doing that, it didn't really get complex at all. There's there's a balance we've talked about. I mean, part of the acetobac can be scary in a brewery. I mean, if you've got something like steel that you can send boiling hot water into, plus the sanitizer, you can kill it. But we've talked about it, it's a interesting bacteria because you do want some oxygen to permeate and get a little bit of acetic character, just like kombucha. But, yeah, it can go too far in one direction. Wow. So I think the plan on that would still be do the matzah, but maybe work with the lab for a little bit more controllable souring bacteria blend. So that, uh, that I think, would make the most sense. Because, it, you know, if, you, if you've got 25 or $50 worth of grain and you're doing it and you're not, uh, at that point, doing anything other than uh, pouring beer for fun, uh, it's less critical. But when you're doing it and you've got an overhead and salaries and uh, other uh, other bills to pay, then you still want to have the fun and you still want it to be awesome. But that that percentage of time that it goes that the, yeah, it just goes to hell is a lot to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So if the beer's ninety eight percent as good. Uh, but I'll play a little bit safer, then it just have to be a little bit more cautious with yeah, uh, no, wild sense. fermentations and crazy things. Uh, some of the best yeast that I actually did harvest before was from some fresh blueberries and from wildflowers out near a blueberry patch. How do you do that? What does that entail? Like just scraping it off of there? No, nope, it's so simple. The easiest thing of, of all is just... Picking blueberries, putting them in a bag, throwing them in wort. Bam. Still Letting it yeah. go. A wort is, is basically unfermented beer. And, and it'll, it'll start taking off. Uh, and then you build that up over a period of time by adding more fresh wort to it. Flowers, you can do the same. Anything outside would have yeast on it. You could do the same thing. Speaking of flowers, the pear tree's flowering right now in Rex's backyard. Really? Yeah. The time again. Interesting. Is that time again? We did Are a, pears yet? We did another no, special. Flowers. Just flowers. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Next couple bottles oh, that's that we good to know. Um, but yeah, the, the labs, we've got two different labs that we work with. In Omega, we were a pretty big fan of because our yeast lab here is pretty basic. Um, Boulevard lets us use some of their equipment for certain testing, which ask for beer to drink in exchange. Nice. But um, Those crazy here, beer drinkers. Yeah. yeah, here we can send, like, as we collect different samples because... Like I said, not all it tastes good, so we can ferment a small batch. If it tastes good, we like the profile. We can send that off to the lab and have them bank it. That way we're not trying to keep any yeast here that we're trying to protect. Um, and then in between pitches, we'll buy a full pitch of yeast, and we'll pitch it again seven, eight times. And then in between, we're just checking cell count viability, make sure it's healthy. So when you bank when you bank it, what does... Does, does that allow them to recreate it? Yes, yes. That, that preserves and protects those cells. Yeah, I don't so know if it's cryogenically frozen or how they do it. Um, by process, but um, they, they they were able to store it and then to, uh, and they do that for free. Right now, we're using Omega Yeast Labs in Chicago. Terrific people there, and uh, and then our saison strain we get from Brewing Science Institute. Omega does sell also to home brewers. Okay, not directly, but through yeah, uh, distributors. Um, Brewing Science Institute only sells to commercial brewers and uh, barrel pitches at the minimum. Okay. Uh, have you guys, uh, this is for you too, have you guys um, haven't been asked a question that you wish somebody would ask? Is there anything out there that you like, I wish there was, uh, someone would get to that? Or I don't know. I, I think one of the big things we, we like to portray is that how fortunate we are to be in this position. Like things really fell into place. I mean, it took a lot of work and it took over two years to get here. But... Um, you know, we enjoy doing what we're doing because we get to share the beer with the people who like the same styles of beers that we do, and and we get to be a local business that's supported locally that we can then do more stuff in the community. We've tried to still do events here and there, um, 
but yeah. Well, so if you can think of a question we haven't been asked. Yeah, I don't, I don't so, think I could. I think it's a, what's, a, which are your best beer? Uh, which is your best, uh, your hip beer right now, your best, best seller? Um, it's trade. I mean, depending on the account you talk to, the sours are really popular right now. Like I said, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of breweries that make beers like we do year round, you know, or in, in other parts of the country. Just no one's making them. The Saison and Farmhouse IP. I love the yeah. Saison. Yeah. yeah, but uh, probably one of the sours or the, the farmhouse is pretty popular. It depends. Like I said, it just depends on talk to some people. Say the Saison's their favorite. You know, if you look, what's interesting, <laughs> if you can judge it by the number of reviews on Untapped, uh-huh. if you just go by that, because um, which is available to anybody, mm-hmm. um, if they go to Crane Brewing on Untapped and they just look at the list of beers, the Goza. first one is the Orange Goza. And then either the farmhouse or the apricot Berliner Weiss, and then uh, Saison, and then some new beers that have just been not fully released yet, but people have had the pleasure of uh, tasting samples here at the brewery. Yeah, the bread, I, like, I, like I told you, that bread IPA. Do you guys want the full tour experience? Sure. sure. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Oh, okay. Sorry, bro. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays we actually sort of open up for tours. Okay. Is that what's going on sales? Right now? I guess somebody. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll just do the yeah. tour. No, I, I don't. Is that pretty directional? Mics on there.